my arm. Oh, I might be a little concussed. <laughs> Just like the Jets defense. But hey, I'm here. I'm Daniel. And this is the scrimmage. Thanks for making head injuries funny again. <laughs> When I watch movies from like the 80s with my kids or the, or the 90s and somebody will get their bell rung and then there'll see be like birds flying around their head and everybody like walks around like there's no big deal. And I'll be like, oh, that's when head injuries were funny. <laughs> so, Daniel, thanks for bringing us back to that time. I'm Justin Domashevitz. We also have our producer, Andrew Gross, here with us. And we have a great show today because the Seahawks have a blowout win. Yeah, we were able to not worry about it by the third quarter. It was nice. Weird. <laughs> So weird, but nice. I was starting to complain early in the... I'll get to that later. Anyway. No, you specifically said Russ is dumb. (laughs) I was hoping you wouldn't say that one. We'll have Daniel elaborate on that later in the show. I don't think that was even early in the game. Oh, it's time for the two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go, hurry up. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds, hand the ball to ref. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three jet buck guy, don't worry. The two-minute drill starts now. The Los Angeles Clippers have signed Paul George. Good old two first names guy there to a Supermax extension worth $190 million over four years. Justin, is George a max player or is he a George play? No, or is he a is he a max player? <laughs> you might be concussed. Uh <laughs> I've been pretty surprised about the national reaction to this. I believe Paul George is a max player. Really? He's not the best max player, but the reality of that situation is if they don't pay him that money, someone else is going to give him a max contract. He yeah, I is guess you're right. one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. He's big enough to score inside. He can score at all three levels. Do I want him to be the best player on my team? Will he be the best player on a championship team? No. But if you're trying to build one, you're going to have to give a guy like Paul George a Supermax extension. Yeah, but he hasn't even been the second best player on championship teams. People have tried that a lot, too. During an interview with Conan O'Brien on Wednesday, former Seattle Seahawk Marshawn Lynch said he hasn't ruled out the possibility of coming out of retirement if it's for a Super Bowl contender. Beast Mode has reportedly already spoken to a couple of teams. Daniel, will Lynch return to the NFL again? Only if injuries absolutely decimate a team's running back room like we saw last year at the Seahawks. Otherwise, I don't see someone bringing him out of retirement unless they're very familiar with him. So that would have to be, what, one of three teams or maybe a coaching staff that had him before? Maybe Daryl Bevel? Wouldn't that be hilarious? But the Lions aren't going to go to the Never mind. <laughs> Duke has canceled a remainder of its the remainder of its non-conference men's basketball schedule. Head coach Mike Chesesky said in part, "We are doing the right thing for our players." Justin, before you answer this, I think uh, Alabama's head coach has something to say about Mike Chesesky. Do you think if Coach K hadn't lost the two non-conference games at home, if he'd still be saying that? Probably not. Okay. That's fine. You say that. Justin, is Coach K being genuine or is he just afraid he's going to lose more? Now, here's my unbiased opinion. And it could be because Mike Shashevsky looks like a rat and also sounds like what I imagine a human rat would sound like. I'm predisposed to think that everything that comes out of his mouth is nonsense. This is nonsense. It's disingenuous. He said, we're going to give our kids a break for Christmas. Well, they won't actually be able to be home on Christmas Day, but they'll get to go home for a few days. 
We need to think about their mental health, blah, 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 blah. Mike Krzyzewski is full of absolute crap. He lost a couple of games, realized his team is not a national championship contender, and said, meh. Moving on. The Washington Huskies officially are the Pac-12 North champions. They will face undefeated 15th ranked USC. <laughs> I mean, that's a that that seems right. Would they play three I games? Get to finish the question. Did they play three I think games? They're four and zero. Oh, they played they one. Four no, they games. lost. Wait, they lost one. I think they're three and one. Yeah, that is something like I that. stupidest thing. Two and one. I think they're three. No, and No, I one. think they're three and one. They beat Oregon State. They beat Utah. Wait a second. Are they two and I'm one? Pretty sure they're three and one. I looked at the standings earlier, and I feel like two and one would have stood out to me more. Yeah, I think you're right. Still, Cal, did they play Cal? It's so dumb. Anyway, it's it's the dumbest. The question was, <laughs> have the Huskies <laughs> risen back to national prominence? And I was hoping that if I asked that really sarcastically, it would give you a chance to poop all over it. But Andrew instead pooped all over it with the buzzer. He pre-pooped it. He pre-pooped it. <laughs> Let's see. what. So their record's 3-1. and one. Who did they beat? Andrew. And, and this was after their game with Oregon was canceled. Wait, did they play all of their games at home too? Yes. Wow. What garbage. They actually tw- And they shouldn't have beaten Oregon State, but the refs literally handed them the game. Yeah. What a bunch of absolute poop smith, hot garbage, dumpster full of just feces in the middle of July. But you know, <laughs> you know right now. Husky fans are puffing their chests out going, huh, Pac-12 North champs, baby! I think they're just relieved because they don't have to play Washington State now. They're going to pop the collar on their polo shirts, at least have they, a cigar. At least when they get destroyed by Relax USC. on their yacht. Relax on their yachts. Wait, now you made them rich. I was making them like, <laughs> like preppy snobs, or I was trying to. Did I fail? Aren't preppy snobs usually rich? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Can they could be both? Uh, I didn't want them Hans, to... let's go to the polo grounds. Yes. I didn't want to make them successful. Uh, want... That makes sense. We could just assume they're all like... I uh, made them German for some reason. I yes. don't know why that happened. I don't know, but I played right along. <laughs> well, yeah. I think this... It's because they have names like Vandersnoot. Okay. Vanderjot. And <laughs> <laughs> they didn't all go to Linden Christian. Andrew, I think we need to play that sound bite again because it was a little hard to hear with the music oh, okay. under it. But I want to hear this. What's this guy's head? This is Coach Oates. Yes, this is Nate Oates, head coach of apparently Alabama has yeah. a basketball team. They do. Actually, they've been pretty decent well, this is the him. last few years. This is him. I just want to know your opinion. Do you think if Coach K hadn't lost the two non-conference games at home, if he'd still be saying that? Probably not. Okay. That's, I just wanted you to say it, not me. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, you know, you answered the question. I didn't have to answer the question. Thank you. He played the role of reporter there. I love it. One thing that's interesting about this, this is college basketball. So Duke, you know, Mike Krzyzewski is like, he's considered the gold standard of coaches. Mm -hmm. So this would be like if Duke's football coach said this about Nick Saban yes. in Alabama. If you flipped it <laughs> exactly. in football. But, exactly. But first, Nick Saban would have to have put together a trash team and lost a couple games to yeah. NCS or to, to FCS schools and then decided to cancel the rest of their out-of-conference games. Wait, did I, Duke lose to FCS no, schools? No, oh, okay. no. See, this is where this <laughs> is where this argument, like, 
This is where the argument's a little flimsy. Duke lost two non-conference games to really good teams. I think both of them are ranked in the top ten that they Shut lost up, to. Shut up, Andrew. So it's not like... <laughs> it, but just the fact that, like, you can see if you watched any Duke basketball that the product that's on the floor for Duke is... It's not like the, you know, Zion Williamson type teams. It's not like the teams they've had in the past that have been, like, Final Four contenders. Like, it feels like the writing's on the wall. They're probably going to be good, pretty good, not competing for a national title. And Mike Krzyzewski was like, eh, not competing for a national title. What do I care about this season? And decided to get on his high horse and look down his enormous pointy <laughs> nose at everyone else. That That's where I had right. a problem with this. That sounds about right. I also think the Paul George thing is really interesting. I think it's interesting because your argument totally made sense. If they didn't pay him a max, a super max deal, which by the way, all the contracts and all their different names and different stipulations in the NBA just confuse the absolute crap out of me. Like, oh, this is the futures contract or the supermax or the yeah. maximax or the <laughs> the big burger. He like ba- he basically signed the same deal that Dame just did. Yeah, and. Dame's someone who you get to be your star. Paul yeah. George is someone who you get to be Robin to your Batman and still lose because Robin, Paul George has never won squat and he's always left at the end of a playoff series going, oh, that was a really bad shot. Robin, We suck. Robin is also a max contract player on a championship team. So when the Clippers put their roster yes. together and they had a – no, I know that – But he's a failed Robin they didn't win. multiple times. They didn't win. Wait, you mean when you mean when he was in Oklahoma City? Yeah. So he was the he was the Robin to Russell Westbrook's Batman. Well, I That's guess not fair. I mean, it's not fair right. to judge him based on that. You're right, except for Russell Westbrook. What MVP of the league, Russell Westbrook? Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, but we we all agree, all of us in the room, including Andrew, who cares so much about basketball, <laughs> that a player like Russell Westbrook and specifically Russell Westbrook is not a Batman that's ever going to win a championship. Correct. But in the, in the Clippers roster, you do have a Batman who has a championship pedigree. So if and this Paul whole, George ruined him. If this Case whole, closed. If this whole season <laughs> had been normal and they flamed out the way that they did, I would think it would be fair to go, yeah, Paul George, you suck. You're not a max player. But... They went through the regular season. They were very good in the regular season. In fact, when the two of them were on the floor together, both Kawhi and Paul George, which they were, had to happen, what, like 10% of the time because Kawhi doesn't play? It wasn't 10%, but it was a low number <laughs> compared to every other Batman and Robin. But they were really good like during the regular season, borderline unbeatable. And then when they got into the bubble, things started to unravel a little bit. And there were some chemistry issues, apparently... The Some of the players had an issue with Doc Rivers. Many of the supporting cast had issues with the way that Kawhi and Paul George seemed to get like special treatment. What? Uh, but <laughs> Paul George in the bubble was god-awful. Like, historically bad for a player of his caliber. He also publicly said, this is hard for me. I'm having mental health issues. I'm in a dark place. I am not going to hold what happened in the bubble against Paul George. And the the one thing that people keep bringing up now is, that's the guy who shot a three off the side of the backboard in the playoffs in the game they got eliminated. And that's true. He was terrible. He was absolutely terrible in game seven of that, of that playoff game. You know who else was? Kawhi Leonard was god-awful in that game seven. 
So all I'm saying is Paul George over the last four or five years has proven he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. He can score at all three levels. He is a versatile player. Like he's more versatile than a lot of the max guys are. I don't want him to be my best player, but pair him with a Batman. He is a max guy. That's just the way it works in, in basketball right he now. Gets, you, he gets paid that much. I think he is a pair him with your best player type guy if you're not a great team. Okay. Like, if I'm the Clippers and I actually think, hey, Kawhi Leonard, he's the dude who's going to go win a championship, I don't want Paul George because even before last year, he's broken down in the playoffs. Even not in bubble situations. Even against the Blazers two years ago, he's broken down in playoff situations. And so that's where I'm coming from. Like, I'm excluding last year. Like, He also has great playoff performances in his past. Like, when he played for the Pacers and he went head-to-head with LeBron James, uh, he was so good in that series that LeBron actually, like, broke away from what he was doing towards the end of the game to walk over and shake hands with him and pat him on the back and say, hey, good job. Like, he, it's Whoa, not like and he has... that must be a big deal because usually LeBron just ignores his opponent, <laughs> no, win loses. or lose. No, that's when he loses. Like... Only when he loses. <laughs> Um, but all, all I'm saying is people like you get this max player and it's like, people think that a max player has to be like a top level, top of your team, best player star. And it's really just not true. Most of the really competitive teams have two guys that could be considered max players. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, he wouldn't be my first choice, but if I was in a situation that the Clippers are in where, you know, you're looking around and you, the other thing is. You gave up five first-round picks to bring this guy in. Holy crap. So the fact that you were able to lock him in for four more years and know that your investment is not going to be wasted is a really big deal because uh, Kawhi and Paul George both have opt-outs after this season. So they could have just said, meh, peace, see you later. And then all of a sudden, if you're the Clippers, you gave up five first-round picks to bring in this guy Kawhi wanted, and now they're both gone. So the fact that they were able to lock him in is kind of a big deal as well. Well, yeah, they had to do it in that case. Here's the thing. I think Damian Lillard is a Supermax guy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to pay CJ McCollum a Supermax deal. I don't think McCollum and is... And yet, a, yeah. in this scenario, he should. No, Because no. he's definitely the Robin. Who else... Who Then who else on the Blazers CJ deserves McCollum it? CJ McCollum has never made an All-Star game. No, you don't, you don't pay... You don't pay a CJ McCollum a max contract. If you don't have another guy who is of that caliber, then you don't pay the max contract. So he's just going to go get it for some other... Not great team. I don't think CJ is getting a max contract from anybody. I think at he this point will, in his career, uh, I don't think he ever he, will leave. He's never made an All Star game, Daniel. Only like twenty guys make an All Star game. It's more than that. Plus it's he like plays in Portland. Those rosters, exactly. Those rosters are fat. It's yeah. more like twenty five or thirty guys that are making All Star team. Mm. They're big. The rosters are big. But also, if you look but at if you it look took, at like, how long did it take Damian Lillard to make an All Star game? Like the All Star game is a load of crap to me because what's that guy's name who filled in for Lillard this year? Like, how was it Booker? How Booker was not already on the All Star team is a load of crap. So the All Star, the whole All Star game doesn't really mean that much to me. What Isn't about that fan the, voted what anyway? What about the tiers of All NBA that? help decide the players whether they can get the max or the super max like those things those first team second team third team those are actually tied into how much money you can make do you think those things are valid those are voted on by media well i mean it's probably better 
But we've we've seen media suck at those award things anyway. No, CJ's never been in any of those lists either. Yeah. I think he's a very I think he's a really good player. I think ideally for Portland, if you really wanted to make a push, because right now, if they go to a Western Conference finals and they win and they make it to the finals, they're a dark horse. They're not a powerhouse. You know, they're yeah. not they're nobody's gonna be picking them going into the season. So if they really wanted to be taken seriously as a powerhouse team, they would need to add a guy that's better than McCollum to be a second guy that that qualifies as a max player. And I'm not sure if that's the case. I think that CJ's got the capability to go for 50 if he wasn't constantly playing second fiddle on purpose to Damian Lillard. I like CJ. I just don't I don't view him as a max player. I think he's a very good player. I don't player. but that's the thing. I don't view him as a max player either, but I think he's as good as Paul George. Oh, I think I, Paul George has just got way more of the hype because he came from the East Coast. He played against LeBron and had a good series. And then since then, he's done some pretty good things and pooped himself in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I mean, the, like he's, I see those as comparable guys. The The playoffs is, I mean, it's a good, it's a good argument. It's the best argument. Recent playoff history outside of the bubble is the best argument, but you're talking about CJ playing second fiddle. Well, Paul George put up MVP level numbers playing second fiddle to the second most ball dominant guy in the league, Russell Westbrook. So it's not like Paul George hasn't played second fiddle and put up phenomenal numbers. He has. And in addition to being a very talented and versatile offensive player, he's also a great defensive player, which CJ is not. And because of CJ's size, he's also limited in how versatile he can be on defense. That is absolutely the case. That's why I'm saying, like, if he didn't play with Damian Lillard, he would be way more valuable. But then you have two short guys playing on the same team who can't yeah. cover taller players. Well, and personality. Like, that doesn't make sense. Personality is part of it, too. Like, I think many guys would much rather play with CJ than play with Paul George just because Paul George is kind of a tool. Yeah. Like, if here's the thing. If I was, if I was Kevin Durant, I would much rather have... CJ McCollum as my second because I think those two guys would work together really well instead of like Harden ball hog or Westbrook ball hog or John Wall ball like it it doesn't make sense like CJ's proven to be able to be very successful at that second level and I think he would be way better if he wasn't forced into covering guys twice his size okay that's fair I think we talked enough about NBA basketball that we bored everybody yeah I think you're right Paul George sucks So what are we going to do now? <laughs> I think it's time for your favorite part of the show. Okay. So I have something for you. What are we going to do now, Justin? I have something for you guys that you've been asking for for weeks. <laughs> okay. A song? I'm going to give you a jingle. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so uh, give me a lead in. Tell me what it's time for. All right. It's time for Justin's favorite part of the show, which is... Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. I love it. <laughs> That's that so good. It's never going to get old. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're not going to replay well that. Done. I was just doing oh. that for this week only. Nope, yeah, that's no, we're, every don't worry week. about it, Justin. You'll never hear that again. Okay, that so I, I've been uh, receiving countless emails and text messages of, from people asking me to please simplify the scoring format in Stump Daniel because they're having a really hard time following. Well, you know what I say to that? Screw you, listeners. I have come up with the most difficult and complicated scoring system in the history of Stump Daniel. There we go. 
I had to write it down <laughs> so that I could read it to you word for word. So try to follow me as I read this out, okay? Okay. Daniel, each round you will pick a number between 1 and 10. Each number has a multiple choice question assigned to it, so you can't pick the same number more than once. Each correct answer is worth 10 points. Each question is also assigned a tier, either bronze, silver, or blue. If the question you pick is the lower <laughs> tier than the previous question, the value of the question goes down to 8 points. But if the question you pick is a higher tier, the value doubles to 20 points. If you pick consecutively bronze, then silver, then a blue question, the blue question will quadruple in value to 40 points. You will be allowed two lifelines, one 50-50 in which half of the options are removed, and one ask a producer in which Andrew will be allowed to help you answer the question. However, if you use a lifeline, the value of the question is reduced by three points. If you successfully answer both questions using a lifeline, you will be awarded one more lifeline of your choice, and the third lifeline will have no point penalty. Your success will be evaluated on which zone you land in. Uh, and our next segment of conversation depends on how well you answer or how well you finish. So if you get 64 or more points, it, you'll be in the beaver zone. If you get 48 <laughs> to 63 points, you're in the cougar zone. If you get 32 to 47 points, you're in the Tar Heel zone. 16 to 31 points is the Husky zone. And less than 15 points is the Danger zone. <laughs> danger zone. Are you ready? I'm, why is it bronze, silver, and then blue? That felt blue's the best color. So what was the... <laughs> I pictured it as Carolina blue. <laughs> that Shocker. makes sense. Yeah, it makes more sense now. Okay. okay, so now keep in mind that this is complicated, and I'm the one who has to keep track of the score. Yeah, I have no idea how you're going to keep score here. Okay, it's so good. Thing the good points don't matter. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I was just going to say. I have no idea what's also, going on. Also, I could write whatever I want down, and at the end, I'll tell you your score, and you'll have no way to know whether it's real or not. Not a just dang keep clue. in mind you're going to have five questions five. to answer. Okay, five questions. You get two lifelines. Okay, they do decrease the value just a little bit, but. If you get both of those lifeline ones correct, you get a third lifeline with no penalty. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I picked up on that part. Okay. All right. Pick a number between one and ten. Seven. Okay, here we go. First question. Which NFL... Oh, and actually, I forgot to mention, this is a bronze tier question, so that's the oh, that's, perfect that's one for thing. you because then you yeah. can only go up from here. Yeah. Right? Which NFL quarterback has quoted Ricky Bobby... DMX, Lil Wayne, Snoop Dogg, Ron Swanson, and Dwight Schrute in press conferences this season. This season? Yeah. Is it A, Cam Newton, B, Russell Wilson, C, Deshaun Watson, or D, Baker Mayfield? I. This is the guy I was thinking before I heard the multiple choices. I'm going to go Baker Mayfield. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is correct. Yes. Ten points right off the bat. Boom! Now you have a chance for more points if you t select a, a number that the question is a higher tier. I'm going to go with uh, three. Three is a blue tier question. So you went up, but you also don't have the opportunity to go bronze, silver, blue. Okay. So I don't get the quad. But you do get double points double on this points. one. So up to 20. On a square rigged ship, the sail set <laughs> furthest forward... Is called what? A square. On a square rigged ship, the sail. Is Andrew set allowed to Google it? Because Andrew's Googling it. No, I'm no, sure. no. He can't Google yeah. it, especially if you're going to ask a producer. Yeah. Okay, so on a square rigged ship, the sail set furthest forward is called A, a mainsail. 
B, a Geneker. C, a full desagulation. <laughs> or D, a flying jib. <sighs> Would you like to use a lifeline? I'm going to say it is a flying jib. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is correct. <laughs> 20 points. You haven't used a lifeline yet. Come on, Andrew. I, that deserves a high five. Your total's up to 30. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who didn't pick up on that, that is a nod to The Office in which that question was used during the Trivia Night episode. <laughs> a full desagulation. I knew I'd heard that before. <laughs> yeah, that's from The Office, too. The Mainsail and the Geneker, or Jenneker, I don't know if I'm saying that which way, but those are um, actual names of sails on boats that I looked up. Yeah. Uh, but the answer is Flying Jib. Okay, Daniel. <laughs> Pick a number between 1 and 10 that you haven't chosen yet. Niner. Niner is a bronze tier. Well, I couldn't go up from blue. You couldn't go up from blue. So this is a good thing. Yeah, but it is lower than your previous one, so this one still loses three points in value. Yeah. So you're, you're on a seven-point question right now. In the hit sitcom Parks and Recreation, what name is shared by Ron Swanson's mother and both of his ex-wives? Tammy. You don't even need the options. I, I don't need the options. Tammy is C. I was going to say <laughs> Leslie, Sandy, Tammy, and Megan. It's Tammy. It's Tammy. That is correct. I so, like those bronze level questions. Daniel, <laughs> seven points, bringing your total to 37. All right, pick another number that you haven't chosen yet between one and ten. What's that sound? Oh, it's gone. There Andrew, was a sound. Andrew did it. Okay. Uh, Uno. Okay, question number one is a bronze tier question. Dang it! Is this my last question? No, no I got one, one more, more after okay. this. Which <laughs> Andrew's just playing with the chord like, is this the sound? <laughs> yes, it is the sound. Okay, which Blue Blood NCAA men's basketball program has started with a 1-4 record this season for just the second time in program history? Is it A, Kentucky, B, Kansas, C, Duke, or D, North Carolina? You can't use the Ask a Producer lifeline on this no, one. It I won't can't. do you any good. <laughs> what are the lifelines again? You have a 50-50. And the producer? Is yep. that it? Yep. So I'm you... going to use the 50-50. Okay. It is not Kansas, and it is not Duke. It's either Kentucky or North Carolina for seven points, Daniel. Can I use the other 50-50? <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. You only get one 50-50. <laughs> oh, okay. All you have left is ask a producer. <laughs> All right. What's What was the two again? It's either Kentucky or North Carolina. I'm going to go with Kentucky. It is Kentucky. Yes. And that's another seven points. Do you know how Actually, I that? I knew that because Justin hasn't been suicidal exactly. for the last three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that was four points because it was already seven points because it was a bronze level question after a blue. And then no, I also used the, a lifeline, so doesn't that take three no, more the, points the off the of third, it? No, the third question. Oh, right. See, that was a bronze after a bronze. Gotcha. Actually, What's this I one? just realized I gave you seven on the third one when I should have given you eight. My bad. What was Whoops. what level was this one? Bronze. This was a bronze too? It was so a bronze after a bronze. That was bronze, bronze, so it was gotcha. just a ten points, just even. So okay. I need a, a high-level question You here. do. You do. Ah. Uh, how many of each each tier was there, Justin? 
That's conf- that's confidential. <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh two. Okay, question number two. Which NCAA- Wait, is it, what level of question is it? It's blue, I'm sorry, it's blue. Yes! So this is for 20 points. Okay. Okay. Which NCAA- I've actually kind of started to forget my own scoring format a little bit. Shocking. <laughs> How okay. could you? It's so simple. The NCAA- Which NCAA football team lost a game on Saturday in part due to an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after a defensive player- threw an opponent's shoe downfield after a third down stop with less than two minutes left to play in the fourth quarter. I'm going to give you your choices, okay? Was it A, Coastal Carolina? No. B, Florida? C, LSU? Or D, Miami? You still have an Ask a Producer if you want to use that lifeline. It's a 20-point question, so that would knock it down to 17. It was... Florida. Florida is correct. Yes. That's a 20-point question, which brings your total to 65. Yeah. Which Woo! lands you in the beaver zone. In the beaver zone, which is the most <laughs> inappropriately named zone we have. <laughs> well, congratulations, Daniel. You're in the beaver zone, which means we get to discuss the Tar Heels win over Miami. What? Yeah. I don't what that was that was just the one that was assigned that's what that's the topic that was assigned to Beaver Zone. I'm I'm assuming that topic was assigned to all of the zones. That's confidential. <laughs> <laughs> so oh man. First of all, that was hilarious and amazing. Thank you. I almost feel like I ruined it by doing so well. Yeah, you got every question right. That's true. I mean, really, you you couldn't. The only thing was using you used one lifeline. Yeah. Besides, and maybe if you had picked the questions in a better order, so you could have gotten some of that third tier points. Yeah. But you did have two twenty point questions, which means that twice you picked a higher tier after a lower tier. Exactly. Yeah. Worked out great. I mean, it really I, did. You ended up in the Beaver Zone. Yeah. I'm just hoping our sponsor doesn't want their money back. Hell. Because so, Daniel was not stumped. Uh. Uh-uh. Um, I've really, (laughs) have you guys noticed that over the last few weeks, it's really shifted from like me trying to stick it to Daniel to me trying to stick it to the listeners. That's true. Like I've turned (laughs) it from like, let's try to demoralize Daniel any way we can to like, what can I do to like poke at the listeners a little bit? That's true. I think, uh, that's probably fairly obvious since you've stopped calling it stump Daniel and started calling it (laughs) screw you listeners. I wrote a jingle for it. (laughs) That's true. Okay. All right. Real quick, because I landed in the beaver zone, do you want to mention the ridiculous <laughs> Do you want to mention the ridiculous rushing totals that North Carolina had? Yeah, I do. Uh well I sent you guys a message on our Facebook group. I think it was two hundred and thirty six yards and three touchdowns for Javante Williams on the ground, and he was the second best rushing <laughs> performance for the Tar Heels because <laughs> Michael Carter rushed for 308 yards in the game. That's a lot of yards. Also scored two touchdowns. They broke the FBS record for most rushing yards by a teammate duo. That's insane. In the history of college football. And teams used to run a lot. 
Yeah, and well, that's part of the greatest thing about this Tar Heels team is that like they do have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Sam Howell, by the way, threw a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown, and caught a touchdown pass. He Just, pulled the Tristan Jebbia. He pulled the Jebbia. <laughs> Since we're in the beaver zone, we'll talk about Jebbia. Um, but he did that. Uh, and really, like, there was a point early on, the Tar Heels were passing. And there was a point where they were like, wait a minute, why are we doing this? <laughs> because they were literally rushing for, like, 11 yards a carry. Oh, and Miami couldn't stop it at all. And this was a Miami defense. And they were 10th ranked in the country. Wow. And their defense was allowing around 130 rushing yards a game. So they were... They they weren't a great defense, but they were a good defense in a, on a top ten team, and they had allowed something like one thousand and eighty rushing yards the whole season, and then they allowed half that, more than a little more than half that in one game. So this was a really amazing performance by North Carolina. And while I think fans of a lot of teams would look at it and go, "Now if you just hadn't lost those two stupid games to crappy teams earlier in the season, because the Tar Heels have three losses." Oh, they got three losses. Yeah, because one was to Notre Dame, yeah. and that's understandable. They were competitive. They were actually pretty good in that game until the very end. Uh, but the other two, one was Florida State, and the other one, I don't even remember who it was. That's how bad it was. They lost two games. Virginia, maybe? Maybe. Anyway. I think so. They lost two games because they got down big early because their defense was terrible. Their defense has been way better. The offense has been much more consistent. And this was like a statement game for North Carolina. You know, going forward... We're back. And many back. other fans. Wait, back? Yeah. Is North they, Carolina ever good at football? Do you know? They, I know I've talked about this before. <laughs> they got screwed out of a chance to play in the college football playoff because of a bad offside call on an onside kick. Well, that's that was just last year. No, 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 no. Oh, it wasn't was it? Like, <laughs> you just what was, did, broke your pen. Broke the pen. Sorry. That, I just flicked a pen shrapnel across the room <laughs> sorry about that that was like four or five years ago okay i remember uh, yeah Mar- marquise Marquis williams was history yeah in fact, super long story marquise williams the last tar heel quarterback to rush for pass for and catch a touchdown pass in a game um they were playing against clemson <laughs> in the acc championship game and if they had won, they would have been, I mean, it would have been an outside shot, but they would have had a chance to get in the college football playoff. They made yeah, a huge comeback. Their offense was rolling. They had an onside, onside kick. They recovered it. There was a phantom offside call, which I watched the replay a billion times and I couldn't find the offsides, and they missed out on their chance to win. So the Tar Heels are back. <laughs> Baby. Baby. Anyway, that's it. All right. Well, oh, wait. Oh. Sorry. Oop. Oh. I, I want to put this out there again. I know I've talked about it before. Javante Williams. Is a stud. Michael Carter's amazing. He's really good. Is it kind of the, like, Lendell White, Reggie Bush situation? It kind of is, but they're they're too similar. Like, okay. Michael, Michael Carter is a little bit faster, and Javante Williams is a little bit more tough. But they're both fast, and they're both tough. So they really, there's not really a part of the field. Maybe around the goal line you see Javante Williams a little more, but... They both can play on the whole field, and they're really good. Javante Williams weighs 220 pounds. I sent you guys a highlight of him. He hurdled a guy, trucked a guy, and spun around a guy on the same play. It was pretty sweet. It was amazing. And then he sort of got taken out by a guy who was trying to make a block. (laughs) Um, But it didn't matter. Anyway, Javante Williams, I think, should be the number one running back prospect 
coming out of the NFL draft this year. There's good running backs in college, but I think he should be the top one. I think he's up there. I'm really curious to see if Jamar Jefferson goes in the draft this year. I'd, that would make me Jamar real sad. Jamar Jefferson couldn't carry Javante Williams' jockstrap. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, them's fighting words, sir. <laughs> Sheesh. You can, yeah, I'm going to need a commercial break. <laughs> Dude. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Thank you again to our sponsors, the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz, the sponsor of Stump Daniel, or maybe renamed Screw You Listeners. We're going to see <laughs> about that one. That? Yeah, I don't think they have. Uh, also, Oli Penn Real Estate, the sponsor of our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. And this week it is a historical Athlete of the Week because I don't think... Cincinnati played. No, yeah, they didn't game play again. got canceled again. Yeah, that stinks. Anyway, so we're going historical again, and it is Jim Anderson, a graduate of Hoquiam High School. I'm going full homer on this one, full disclosure. Hoquiam graduate, and he's known for being a basketball coach for the Oregon State Beavers. So, I'll read out of this fancy little thing that yeah, I got Yeah, I know here. all of our listeners know that you have something paper that you're reading off of. I know, right? That's kind of weird. <laughs> Good job. I think <laughs> I ruined it by saying it out loud. Theater of radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Let me get my paper out here. <laughs> okay, he was the head basketball coach for Oregon State University from 1990 to 1995. In 1990, the Beavers were 22-7 and and tied for the Pac-12, Pac-10 championship. Wow. He was named the Pac-10 Coach of the Year and District Coach of the Year by the National Association of Basketball Coaches. He was a, the assistant basketball coach from 1965 to 1989. Did they go 22 and 7 and not make the tournament? Uh, I think they went to the tournament that okay. year. I th- yeah, so they went to the tournament. They were the Pac-10 regular season champs. Okay, and I believe. I was about to get outraged about something that happened like 30 years ago. Yeah. I I want to say they got bounced in the first round. Okay, so I made you say that now. So that's another thing that's my bad. So far, <laughs> I have torpedoed this segment. I apologize. That wasn't very, I'm just going to let you talk really bad on my part. That wasn't very nice. Yeah. Now i got to try and find out who they lost to. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Okay. We can move on. <sighs> That was mean. I was an accident. <laughs> I was about to, if you, when you told me they didn't make the tournament, I was going to be outraged. I was going to support you. Yeah. That didn't work out. So no, good. it didn't. No, but you can go back to what you were reading. Okay. Yeah. I'll stop trying to find who they lost to. Okay. Uh, while he was an assistant coach, as I mentioned, from 1965 to 1989, so that is 24 years, the Beavers won five Pac-10 or Pac-8 titles while he was the assistant and 1966, 1980, 1981, 1982, and 1984. So the Beavers were good in the 80s. Um, he was raised in Hoquiam, 
and educated in Hoquiam. He also went to St. Mary's School, and he graduated from Hoquiam High School in 1956. So, Jim or Jimmy Anderson, I believe he was an assistant coach when my dad was going to school there in Oregon State. And again, the 80s, great to be Oregon State. Then he was pretty good for a couple of years and now it's not great to be an Oregon State basketball player. I really player. think I took um, the steam out of this one. You did. You really <laughs> you put the kibosh on this one. Sorry uh, during his long career, Anderson coached Beaver legends like Brent Berry and Gary Payton. In his first season at Oregon State, he was named the Pac-10 Coach of the Year. Oh, already saw that one. Uh, that was that year in 1990. That was their last school's tournament appearance until 2015. I they have, also got bounced in the. I have who round. they lost to. Do you, do you want it? Yeah. Uh, it was nineteen ninety, right? Yep. Okay, nineteen ninety, the Beavers lost in the first round to twelfth seeded Ball State, fifty three to fifty four. Uh, it's one of those twelve five upsets. But it's one of the funniest names that it could have been. <laughs> Ball State. Ball State beat the Beavers. <laughs> This segment's coming up all Justin. <laughs> oh my gosh, now I'm trying to find what year was what year was Gary Payton drafted? Oh, it had he to was be draft- early, Yeah, so that was 80s? that was no. He was his rookie year was 1990, so I think that was Gary Payton's senior year or his last year there. And the funny thing is is they didn't make it to the NCAA tournament again until Gary Payton's son GP2 was on the team in his final year. So now they just need a GP3. They're only I sent you this message the other day <laughs> yeah, after they yeah. lost to like Portland. They lost to Portland yeah. for dang ugh. and I sent you the text. I was like, apparently they can only be good when Gary Payton plays for the team. You know, in nineteen eighty two they made it to the Elite Eight. They were good. Yeah. They were good before the nineties. The Oregon State basketball program is one of has one of the most storied College basketball histories before the 90s, and then they're trash. Okay. Now, you want to look at it? I'm looking at it right now. Yeah? I mean, how many times are... I mean, it started with oh. Terry Baker going to the Final Four. <laughs> My computer froze. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> Nobody else wants to hear about this storied history My of computer. Oregon State. My computer's in the beaver zone. It froze. <laughs> oh. I think that's the danger zone. Yeah, we'll go with the danger zone on that one. So thank you very much to Oli Penn Real Estate for sponsoring the Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. Again, this week, it was historical athlete Jimmy Anderson, who was also a coach for a long, long time at Oregon State. So a nice homer session there. Let's move on to talk about the Seattle Seahawks, who for... It is now time oh. for Daniel Hargrove. No. To overreact. So, Daniel, now but that you're going to overreact, overreact, tell us why Russ is dumb. Tell us. That's your overreaction. That's my overreaction. You guys want to hear why Russ is dumb? Yes. Because he continually... A, a play. He Yes, but he this is a pattern, though. <laughs> I mean, come on. you got to agree with me. This is a pattern, right? Third or fourth down, and does Russ throw it to a wide-open guy at the first down marker? No. He chucks it deep. And... Does he chuck it deep to one of his best players? No, let's throw it up to David Moore. That seems like a good idea. I mean, Tyler Lockett's open for six yards, maybe more after the catch for the first down. Wide open over the middle. 
Throw it to him? Nah. Let's throw a fade down the sideline to David Moore. It's a great Ooh. throw, though. It was a gorgeous throw. But he derped it. <laughs> he derped it so hard. And you know what it's reminding me? It's reminding me that maybe I wasn't too far wrong with David Moore. Because he ha- when he has done great, he has shown flashes in the early season and then absolutely disappeared late. Now, I know he caught a touchdown pass in this game. But if he would have dropped that one, they would have had to cut him on the spot because it was I would have been miserable. So is David Moore actually terrible, but for some reason he can flash early in the season to make everybody go, oh, David Moore makes acrobatic catches. He's awesome. What a great third receiver to have. Thank goodness Josh Gordon is back. Yeah. Coming up here. What is that next week or the week after? Week after? Week after. Woo! Well, how many games have the Seahawks played? 13? Yeah, he's for the last two weeks. They got one more game, then they get him back. Anyway, the overreaction is if Russ doesn't stop making stupid throws like that, stupid decisions, they're not going to make the play. No, I'm just the guy, the, <laughs> Daniel, he was like 21 for 27 with four touchdown passes. I know, but can you explain to me why that seems to be like something that he continually does? Like, what is with that? I think the only logic that I can come up with, because when, I'll, I'll, I'll admit this, when you said that, you've said that so many times where you said it in our group text, Lockett was wide open, and I've never checked. So I don't know how many times you're lying. <laughs> well, this did time you go back I was and like, check? I'm going to call Daniel out on this, and I rewound it, and I watched it five times. And Lockett was wide but he open? He was not only wide open, <laughs> but he juked the crap out of the corner that was covering him. And I mean, like, it wasn't like one of those five yards of space thing, but he had he had two steps on the guy, and he was running away from him, moving to the left in a spot where there was open field in front of him. So I think Russ just decided immediately, oh, I've got one on one coverage on the outside. I'm throwing this, and the only logic that I can come up with is that he's trying to make sure that he doesn't do the same thing all the time on third down. So. He wants to mix up looks. So because he chucks it deep to a random no-name receiver every time on third down? <laughs> he doesn't do it every time on third down. He's done it enough times that, that it's Daniel annoying. has noticed and is annoyed by it. And, you know, like, in in a and vacuum... sometimes it's worked. Yeah. And everybody goes, oh, that's so awesome. And I'm going, no, now he's going to do it more. In, in a vacuum, yes, you are so right that the right play was to throw it to lock it right there. Well, how much were they up by at that point? It was, they, it was second it was, quarter, it was maybe second two quarter. touchdowns. Maybe I think it touchdowns. was it was probably fourteen to three. Fourteen to three, but I'm yeah. not sure. I I just I think you're right, and I'm not going to argue with you. But you asked me for logic, and the only logic that I can come up with is that on third down plays, he thinks I got to make sure I do different stuff. I got to make sure that I don't because he checks down over the middle of the field a fair amount. Yeah. So I think he's trying to make sure that we have to take enough shots down the field in a game that people think about the long ball. I can understand that, but can you at least look first? Like, at least at least take a peek? Like, oh, that's Tyler Lockett. Well, against Moore is so fast, yeah. though. If he waits more than two steps, then he's not going to be able to throw it far enough to get it to Moore in stride. No. <laughs> Zone. All right. So, what what was your thoughts coming out of this game? Can you have any thoughts? I guess the the one thought that I would say is finally the Seahawks blow out somebody they should blow out. 
Why are you doing this? What? You're so negative. How is that negative? I'm saying it finally happened. Dude, it's your tone, and it's the finally. <laughs> your team is nine finally. and four. They're flashing up it's, uh, graphics during the game, showing that Russell Wilson is breaking NFL records for wins and touchdowns over the first nine seasons of a career. I've had these moments he recently. probably should have been breaking those, say five or six games ago that's the problem <laughs> this is the problem like there's we're the expectation has become perfection to the point that we're no better than boston sports fans hey we're gonna complain when our team wins because they didn't win good enough justin. hey justin i'm just throwing this out here there's some teams that are winning good enough and also winning more like it's not like it's this impossible thing the Seahawks are 9-4 and four, when they have the talent to be just like the Chiefs and just like the Steelers. Instead, they go into poop themselves mode. Saying, so that's why anymore. I'm frustrated. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not going to be the negative Nancy. Okay. I'm not going to go, Justin, you're good, but you're not good enough. Okay, Justin, positive listen. Pamela. What do you got for me? What listen, do you got from this game? I, Justin, Yeah. I want to say something first. What? What you are saying is that you will be totally happy with the Packers. And we're saying we don't want to be the Packers. We want to be the Patriots. Oh. I don't want to be either of those teams. I want to be the Patriots I of dis- the 2020s. I despise both of those teams. Yeah, but I want to win a lot. At what cost? <laughs> you want to give up your soul? Uh, No. <laughs> you want to root for Aaron Rodgers? No, no, we no, don't want to do. Packers. You're right. you I did that backwards. I did that backwards. Exactly. It's my fault. I, I'm not rooting for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's That's the thing, though. That's what I'm afraid of. I am afraid that the Seahawks are becoming the Packers of the last decade when they have the pot- had and still may have the potential to be the Patriots of the last decade. So so in my personal mindset, I personally reject the notion that continued success is a negative thing if you don't win the Super Bowl. Because only one team wins the Super Bowl every year. And you can't win the Super Bowl every year. What's the prize for second best? The prize for second best is you get lots of great football to watch. What? You don't play to get second best? That prize. I'm okay with it. I would. I would almost rather be a fan of a team that has like what the Seahawks have done, which is when did they win the Super Bowl? 2013. Yeah. So they've won one Super Bowl in this nine-year span with Russ. They've been good every year. They make the playoffs almost every year. And then they, they make continuously they make deep in an incredibly disappointing com- fashion in the playoffs every year. Would you rather be the fan of a team that doesn't make the playoffs every year because there are lots of those? Yeah, because then you know you have no. I'm hope. just telling you, if you look at the stats that they're putting up, showing that Russell Wilson is breaking records for wins and touchdown passes in the first nine years of a career, that shows continued sustained sustained success. And I would rather have that than what Giants fans have which is a bunch of crap and mediocrity and two Super Bowls. I would rather have have the consistent, sustained success than just random championships. But they have two Super Bowls. You would rather That's not my only measuring Justin. stick. That's what I'm saying. Justin. Super Bowls is not my but, only but. measuring stick. I'd rather root for a team that more often than not continuously makes me happy here's and the, then I'm disappointed at the end the of the year. Here's the problem I have with that. Because look at look at a Giants fan. How many times have they been just devastated by their team over the course of the last you know, just take the take the decade like Eli Manning's best decade. But we're not talking about the Giants. We're talking about the Packers. 
Why? What's the the Giants are irrelevant. Our, our comp we is have more... the talent to be winning. Andrew said we. He was talking about the Seahawks. I get to derail the segment. Damn Weird. It, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Daniel. <laughs> that was so genuine. <laughs> you really meant that. The Seahawks have the talent to be winning. That's your mulligan. And they haven't been. That, that's the that's the case. I agree with what Andrew is saying. It's yes, they've been good, but they've also, for inexplicably, pooped themselves to not put them in their position to be great. When they have the ability to be great, they have instead relegated themselves to good. They are underachieving. I would rather watch a team overachieve with bad players and win four or five games. I'd rather watch the ja- Jacksonville Jaguars win a, a handful of games that they shouldn't have won than watch a team that has the ability to win every single game, not win every single game, and then lose in the playoffs for a dumb reason. You set yourself up for this by predicting they would go 16-0 and when they were 5-0. and That's true. I said from the start they'd go 13-3. and but this isn't a this year well, thing. They already have thing. four losses. Exactly. So you're this, wrong too. This yeah. isn't this isn't a this <laughs> year. But they thing. should have gone 13 and 3. That's the thing. It's like they the the lo- the loss to the Giants is mind-numbing. Oh yeah, the it's, Giants. It's mind-numbing. They, they lost they were, to the freaking they Giants. They're playing a, they're really good, guys. Hey, that four defense other is teams have also good. lost to the Giants. That that defense is pretty <laughs> good, right? The they the Arizona just beat them 26 to 7 with an injured Kyler Murray who is not himself. That's that's the thing. It's the you guys are so discontent. I'm content with what the Seahawks have Justin accomplished. Justin is content with underperformance. I by comparison, your team has continuously made you happy over the last nine years more than basically every other team except for the Patriots. And in NFL history, As a your quarterback fan. has made you happy more times over the last nine seasons than any other quarterback in NFL history. And with that quarterback who has done that and had that success, you have won one Super Bowl. Which is because winning the Super Bowl is hard. Exactly. Because there's 32 teams you know trying what, to win it. But you know yeah, what? The best quarterback. Like okay, that, that actually was a lie. Have a chance. There's more like 25 teams trying to win it. But and there's only five that have a chance. And you six. have one of the quarterbacks. That's not true. The, because how many times does a six or a five seed in the playoffs end up winning the championship? It's happened several times. It's your, the Giants every yeah. time they've won. Yeah, the Steelers anyway, Giants, too. Just the uh, Giants. But the thing is, is you have a quarterback who's putting up those crazy numbers, right? So you would think, oh, they must have multiple Super Bowls if he's been one of the greatest quarter, winningest quarterbacks of all time in his first nine career. Like, you would be, oh, how many Super Bowls did he have? One? Huh. Thought it would have been more than that for the most winningest quarterback of nine years. That makes sense, right? Why are you torturing yourself? Dude, why are you? You're acting like I'm not also a fan of trash teams. Yeah, I feel. You're acting like I'm not a fan of the Oregon State Beavers for the last ten years. You know what's fun when the Oregon State Beavers make a bowl game? Yeah, because that's like, whoa, you overachieved this year. That's awesome. I had so much fun being a fan of you this year. Yeah, did you get blown out half the games? 
Yes, but you probably should have. Not, you know, and the and the games that are hard for me is when Oregon State loses to like Hawaii, or Hawaii's they lost, been pretty good, or they lose this. You know, <laughs> if they lose to a crap team, I think they lost to like Sacramento State one year. Yeah, that pissed me off. But I've been a fan of the crap team who every now and then gets up, and I'm you're right. I'm more contented. When they go to a bowl game, then watching the Seahawks, who have the talent to go to the Super Bowl every year, lose in the playoffs in the first or second round. To the Cowboys, but they don't, they don't know how to game plan. They they don't have continuously every year. Like, there's always a glaring hole. Like, for several years, it was the offensive line. This year, the defense is not that good. Like, there's always a thing, you know, if you take out, like, 2013, where they were just basically the perfect kind of a have an amazing defense and an offense that doesn't screw up kind of a team. Yeah. It's not like they have clearly far and away the best talent in the NFL every single year and they just lose. That's not the case. Like there's lots of teams that are top level and you're not going to win it every year. That's true. You're not going to win the Super Bowl every year, but they've only been twice and they've what only won one playoff game like every other time. They win one playoff game and there's then they a, lose. There's not that many playoff games, and they've well, had a, there's three before the Super Bowl. Yeah, but they've had a bye a couple times too. Yeah, but they haven't lost the ones that they've had a bye. I'm just saying they it's get not the like, bye and they win. You're, you're saying and that's they the only thing. won one playoff game. By the time you only win one playoff game, there's either four teams left or eight teams left. I know, but no, I I would count the bye as like that's what I'm saying. I'm eliminating the two Super Bowl yeah. years when they had buys. Because I think it was just those two years. Those were okay. the only two years they had buys. Since then, they have only won one playoff true, game. Okay. okay, well, I can look it up for no, you. No, don't. That takes too long. <laughs> okay. See, and that's the thing is they stumble in these games early in the season or in the season that take away their buy, and it's really hard to make it to the Super Bowl when you don't have that buy or you don't have home field advantage. I don't think home field advantage means anything this year, though. No, so there's been weeks where several weeks where the road teams are actually better. Yeah, it's yeah, weird. It is weird. Anyway, I all of that discussion came from me just finally being happy that they actually destroyed a team. It's your tone. Instead of playing down to the team that they play against. That's all I'm saying. And that's not something that you should get yelled at for being frustrated with. It's, Be- your, it's your tone, Dan. I help. I worry too. about you. I worry about you. Dear Lord, <laughs> you act like I'm some high and mighty Boston Patriots Red Sox fan. No. Completely forgetting the other teams up there on that picture, Justin. Do you see any <laughs> you see any powerhouses on that? You know, the people You see that, the Oregon State Beavers? The people Do you see that? Listening. Do you see the Portland Trailblazers? Yep. Do you see the the Washington State Cougars? Mm-hmm. And then do you see what it's all centered around? You see what the absolute favorite team of all I, time is? I think I know what it is. Do you see is. what that is? Yeah. That's a Seattle Mariners I think I logo. Figured it out. It's the it's team me. that has the longest drought of being to the playoffs <laughs> of any franchise around and has never even been to a World Series. And you have so two- you're going to tell me, oh, would you rather be a Giants fan? I'm the one who knows about being sucky team fans, not Mr. Pick the Tar Heels because you they're good. Be, you should be used to this then. Exactly. You also have two teams on there that they're. School mascots have been verbed into like screwing up in a massive way at the end of a game because you either beaved it or you cooged it. 
So, yeah, I think what the problem is, I've just realized, is that all of your sports happiness is tied into the Seahawks. You don't get any happiness from any of <laughs> no, the rest of wait, your teams. Hold up. And so it's all tied into the Seahawks. Wouldn't That's you the say problem. That you get more happiness from your your That's the thing college is fandom. When they are when they succeed at whatever level is a success for them, I am super happy for them. So it's not the happiness that I'm getting, it's the success. All of my Success and championship opportunities comes from one team. I compared you to Boston sports fans. I shouldn't have done that. It was not. It's not fair. That was bushly. You're right. That was not okay. (laughs) You're right. That was my fault. I just the only. I wasn't trying to make you pompous, which is what a Boston sports fan is. Yeah, it is pretty cool. But our listeners can't see it, so that doesn't help. They can if they watch the YouTube video. Okay. I wasn't trying to make you pompous. I was trying to do like, you know, the the Patriots fans did that thing where when they started one and two or whatever it was, they were trying to fire Bill Belichick as the GM <laughs> of their team. Like, that's what I was doing. Like, you're not happy. With, they, they won for 20 years and they're not happy with it. The moment there's their team is just average, that's not good enough. And I, I realized that what I did was... I made you feel bad. And what I was trying to do was help you (laughs) by making you feel happy about the success that they've had. I got that. Okay. I do get that. You're welcome. You did a terrible job at it. (laughs) And I get that. But wouldn't you say that one of the Seahawks, like the last five years, like not destroying teams they should destroy is kind of a thing they do? Oh, yeah. We just argued with each other for a half hour for no reason. That was fun. I don't know what I'm doing now. You want to argue about something else? There's nothing to that talk was about. an overreaction. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing to talk about from this game. The uh, Jets are garbage. The Seahawks are good. The Jets are intentionally trying to lose. The de- the, also, the Jets are not trying to win. Russell Wilson looked way better, except for like a couple of notable exceptions, like not hitting Lockett on that third down play, which... You're right about. He absolutely should have not only seen, but thrown it to lock it. But he was pretty darn good the rest of the game. The pick, too, he underthrew it a little bit. But that was a sick play by that defensive back. I'd say it's more. it was more a great defensive play than it was a bad offensive play. There is one thing to talk about, I guess. Uh, Jamal Adams set the all-time record for sacks in a single season by a DB. Yeah, and how many weeks did he miss? Three? Three or four. I got to say, Jamal still Adams. three weeks left. That's pretty cool. Did yeah. you guys ever play Madden back when you could, like, switch guys' positions? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> mm-hmm. what I would do is I'd be like, oh, I kind of need a pat another right end. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, I need a backup right end. I've got, like, four outside linebackers. I'm going to switch this guy's position to right end. And then all of a sudden you see that he's actually a better overall player at right end. <laughs> Because the way their old metrics worked out, like his speed was so high, and you're like, "Well, shoot, he's gonna be my new defensive end." Because yeah. and he's like a 90 speed. That's what Jamal <laughs> Adams is. The, the other, the other thing, he I, just need, cable method. If he just if they just switched his position to defensive end, he'd be like a 99 overall. The other thing is Stone Jamal, hands, Jamal by the way. Adams for my old Madden strategy is like the perfect player. Because what I used to do yes. was make sure that my strong safety had a deep zone. His responsibility was deep zone, and then I would just blitz him. I did it every play. I would make sure that 
I wasn't taking away from anything in the middle of the field. Okay, I see what you're saying. And then I would try to get to the quarterback as fast as I could. Yeah. And I succeeded about, you know, 50% of the time. I would do a similar thing, except for I would either blitz him or use him as like a spy and just kind of float around in the middle of the area mm-hmm. and blitz like everybody else. Use the engage eight. I'm engage eight all day, except for I would pick the strong safety and sometimes hang out in the middle of the field. It was funny. I was watching something with Peyton the other day and we were watching a game. And he said engage eight like that was a real NFL defensive play. And I was like, I mean, they blitzed, but engage eight is like what the Jets did when they purposely (laughs) tried to lose against the Raiders last week. Yeah, exactly. Which was hilarious. Yeah. Fun fact about that. The only reason that didn't actually work is because the poor cornerback bit on a double move. So here's the hard part about that. And I want to get your guys' opinion on this because both of you have played some defensive back. Um, what are you more worried? So in that scenario, you have three guys covering literally the whole field. Yeah. Rugs is faster than everyone and there's going to be seams everywhere. So are you more concerned about the quarterback having to make a really difficult throw over the top? Or are you more concerned about him catching the ball, um, shorter on like a slant or an out and then being able to get past everyone and run to the end zone? So in my opinion, like that's what I thought was in that corner's mind he was doing the right thing because if Ruggs catches the ball and has any space, there's no one that can stop him. And at least if you force him deep, and he did a terrible job, obviously, because there was way too many steps there in between the two of them. But I can understand the mindset of not wanting him to catch the ball in front of you because you have such little support to help you make the tackle. Yeah, but that's the wrong mindset. Okay. Like, they, they're guaranteed the coaches were, would have and probably did tell them, when they were talking about this. I doubt they did. That's why Greg you're, Williams got you're fired. Playing deep. They yeah. should. So what you're saying is they should have. They should. I don't they think not, they did. Yeah. I'm not sure if they did because, okay, you're working, saying. you're working from the mindset that the coaches aren't stupid <laughs> because you don't call that play in that situation. You yeah. don't. And so if you're, well, Greg Williams here's, does. Here's Greg the Williams thing. And he actually has a history. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is when you blitz a lot of guys, you want your players covering tight and the short routes because that's most likely what the quarterback's exactly going to throw. My point. But what exactly. you're trying to do when you blitz when there's only one play left and it has to get to the end zone is you're trying to force those underneath routes and then catch them before they get to the end zone. Like you're trying to force the quarterback to go, oh crap, and throw it quick. So exactly. You, you guys are so both- your normal strategy for playing corner when your co- coach calls blitz everybody you're like all right got to get up tight on this guy so I can be right with him and tackle him when he catches the short route because if I'm hanging way back this dude's way faster than me what if he catches that short route which he's most likely going to We're not talking about to. hanging way back we're talking about ignoring like ignoring any I kind hints of was talking I, I kind of was okay. taking I was kind of saying not not talking about hanging way back. I was talking about like making sure you stop the thing that's short. Yeah. So I guess hanging way back would be a bad thing in that scenario. Like I just know that maybe this is a bad comparison, but when we when we were playing flag football in our rec league, if we had a really fast blitzer like when little Daniel used to play with us and he would get to the quarterback so fast every time, <laughs> I would know that even if a guy is faster than me, I want to press him. Like if a guy was slower than me, that's actually when I'd back off and give him a little bit more room. But if I was guarding a guy that was faster than me, I knew the quarterback wasn't going to have enough time 
to get something deep down the field. So while everyone was just crushing poor Lamar Jackson, the cornerback who made that. Is that his name? Yeah. That's the cornerback who missed that play. Um, I was thinking like, I kind of understand not wanting to let the fastest guy on the field catch a ball in front of you. I get that too. And what I would probably think is I would be trying my darndest to jam him. Yeah. My, my thought would be. I don't think he did that. My no. thought in approaching it as a player would be that I would want to jam him and play close coverage and let him catch it. I want him to catch it in front of me. Also, if you feel like the, the other thing here, a penalty doesn't hurt you near as much. That's true. So why, when he was running by him, he didn't just tackle the dude? That's a good point. That's another thing. Yeah. Like, know the situation. Penalty, who cares? I think he's an undrafted rookie. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Sorry, Lamar. Yeah. Well, his... I don't feel bad for Greg Williams, His coach got fired, so maybe he's not getting blamed at all. It could be. That's a good point. We're going to take another break. See if I can gather myself. (laughs) (laughs) The team of realtors at Ole Penn Real Estate wish you and your family good health during this stay home, stay safe time. Their team has health and safety measures in place to protect you and everyone involved in the process. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is a great time. There are more buyers than available homes. Many homes are still receiving multiple offers and are selling for above asking price. Ole Penn Real Estate will help you put the most money possible in your pocket in less time without the hassle. Visit SellMyHarborHome.com to get your home market ready. The Ole Penn team is ready to work for you. All right, thank you again to our sponsors, Holy Pen Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Thank you again for that sponsorship. Again, if you want to sponsor us, let us know. People listen to this, I think. And I. At least a few. And we post on social media, which is a great new way to have your business name seen, is on social media. And we do that. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. You can find our podcasts wherever podcasts are popped on the Podsvilles, and you can find us there. There's one point of hypocrisy that you didn't call me out on. Uh Uh-oh. I've been complaining about the Seahawks all year. That's true. You've been complaining right along with us. It was really just like this 180 that I turned this week where I was like, why am I doing this? (laughs) The other... And then I just came at you like I haven't been a part of it for the last 9, 10, 11 weeks. That's true. Also, (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen you quite as upset as when North Carolina drops a game that they shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I just want to say, I mean, that was was a solid, uh, solid of you to bring that up. (laughs) The The only thing is, the overarching thing is... I just wanted to look at it like over the over the grand scheme of the last nine years and feel pretty happy about the amount of success the Seahawks have had. But I also understand your side of the argument, which is that if they haven't achieved their fullest potential, then then they haven't achieved everything they can achieve. So that's true. Oh, yeah. cool. I just okay. found anyway, I'll bring that up later. Okay. Well you want to go into the mailbag? Yeah, it's time for the mailbag. The mailbag. Yes, Send the mailbag. Us your stuff. Send us your stuff. In a mailbag. First question comes from Sean. All right, Sean. What is the best soda? Oh, this one's tough for me because I don't drink too much soda anymore. 
I used to like Pepsi a lot. Can I tell you the one? like Mountain Dew. So we need to have individual answers, but the reason why this question struck me so much is because if you go back to the original iteration of our show for about a four-year stretch, (laughs) we crushed soda while we were recording the show, (laughs) and we went through phases of two different ones. There was like a there was a stretch of time where it was like, all right, who's bringing the Mountain Dew? And we would bring a twelve pack of Mountain Dew or whatever, and we'd drink the whole thing between the three of us. <laughs> and then after that. a while, it was Dr Pepper. It was like, okay, who's bringing the Dr Pepper? We had to make sure that we coordinated beforehand who was bringing the Dr Pepper, and we'd crush the whole thing. Yeah. So soda is actually an important part of the history of the show. That's now true. give your answer. We then shifted to iced tea. Yeah, we did Arizona teas. Yeah, you're, you're right. right. Yep. And I'm going to say, I mean, I'm leaning towards Mountain Dew, but also if I'm you at know like a fast food, five does to if you. I'm at a fast food restaurant and they have a strawberry Fanta option, I'm going with that like every time. Okay. Andrew. The best soda is Bundaberg ginger beer. You're doing the, are, are you doing the thing again? Is ginger beer a soda? Yes. Is it a soda? Hold up. Is this like last week? Is is this the hot cocoa and marshmallows thing all over again? You just—it's flavored. I don't know. Like I'm bubbly water. I'm literally asking. So is is Lacroix a soda? No. It's soda water. No, it's like seltzer water. Ginger beer is a soda. Okay. It's it's. I feel like you're doing the. I feel like you're doing the hot apple cider thing from last week again. No, no, I'm not. I, it's as much of a soda as, as root beer. The guy in the Minshew jersey is a bit of a hipster. I'm just saying. <laughs> he can't give you an answer hey, to the question Minshew, that you asked. Minshew uh, got put back in today, so I pulled out the Minshew jersey in his honor. And he was good. I well, mean, yes, I didn't watch that's it. That's not surprising, Justin. Okay, he I'm, is ooh, good. Wow. <laughs> I've angered him. <laughs> Justin, what do you think? <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, I think... I've gone through phases of this in my life. I actually don't drink very much soda. Like, hardly at all now, but if we go to a restaurant and the only options are soda options and there's no unsweetened iced tea, I'll probably go root beer. I like root beer. And then, like, a really cold, crisp Pepsi or Coke would be second. But I think I'd go root beer, which Tom Haverford calls super water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm not not really finding anything. You don't like the dark sodas, no, I do. I, I'm not finding anything to really latch on to. Yeah. You know, like... Like, there's not one that you're like, oh, yeah, that's my yeah. ginger beer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I that's do love... That's my hot gin- apple cider. I do love ginger beer, <laughs> but that's not what I, I was thinking. I don't think I've ever had ginger beer. Oh, it's so I good. like ginger, though. I think I would like You that. would really like a, a solid ginger beer, then. I'll, I'll bring it next week. Yeah. Okay. All right, what's next? Next question comes from Jeff. Word for word. Best team in GH history? Question mark. How are we supposed to know this? I have a perfect answer for this. Yeah. 2013 Aberdeen Rec League Division One <laughs> Best Basketball <laughs> Champions. It was the UPX Pacia team. Also, shout out to Casamia, all wrapped up, and there's somebody else on there, wasn't there? Yeah, but I can't. It's on your phone. Your phone's not being used as a camera. No, hang on. I'll find it. You filibuster. Uh, you know what? I am down. That was a great team. We, There was the title team, but they did lose a game. 
Is this the team you've talked about in the past with Ryan Freeman? Yes. This, we were led by football. Ryan Freeman and Lance Anderson and Mark Schlott. Oh, it was Baskin Robbins back when we used to have a Baskin Robbins. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah so, go. so that would like my argument would be that this was the best team when everyone showed up. And as you oh, can yeah. imagine in rec basketball, that's a little bit of a 50, 50, like we, even at the end of the season, we were the champions and, um, they organized like an all-star team of second division players to play against us. And it was like, can the all-star second division team beat the first first division team? And all three of our best players didn't come. Yeah. And we got our butts kicked. <laughs> that was so, that was the most frustrating game I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And they because had Because they guy. were talking so yeah, were. much trash. Yeah. So much trash. And I'm just like, our three best players aren't here. The... Any one of them were the only reason we weren't a Division Three yeah. team. <laughs> well, when you think about like the construction of that roster, which Daniel, you and I built. Yes. Um, we had we started with our cornerstone, and that was Ryan Freeman, who is the best basketball player I've ever played with, and exceeds excels in all facets of the game. He's a really great player. And then we had we added Mark Schlott, who or and then we ha- we added Lance Anderson, who yep. is like six foot seven. And really good inside, really good inside the paint, really, really good rebounder. And then we added Mark Schlott as our third. And, I mean, if any anybody's ever played with Mark Schlott as a third rec league guy, that's incredible to have him as your third best player. <laughs> yes. Because not only is he, like, 6'5", so he's super tall and big and strong, but he, he would also hit shots from, like, three feet outside the three-point line. He was really good. And our I would say... Daniel, you were like our point guard. You were kind of the distributor, and you were yeah. an important part of that team. But I, 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 I brought the ball up and played defense. Between you and Jimmer, like to have you and Nick, who we called Jimmer, yeah. because he knocked down threes like crazy. Back when Jimmer Fredette was a thing. Yeah. So between you and Nick to be like our 4-5, to me, that's pretty amazing. That's Those are amazing complementary pieces to these three guys who were scoring almost all of our points. We had some other guy named Matt that you met at the YMCA. We threw him on our team. He yep. stole my jersey. It was two sizes too big for him, <laughs> and I had to wear a schmedium. Um, <laughs> forgot about that. And I think Jimmy played with us a little bit yep. on that team. Not every time, but he played with us a little bit. I would throw in my five to eight minutes a game. I think I scored... If you take out the one game that I scored 28 points, I think I probably made like two or three baskets all year. Because I wasn't shooting. I forgot you scored 28 points in a game. We we had a game. Oh, wait. I remember why. Where I forget. The, we had a ga- <laughs> I was so mad. We had a game where the other team started with only four guys. Yeah. And um, everybody was there. So, like, we were doing good. But then after we played for a little bit and we were beating them by, like, 30 points, some of our better players decided to, like, take a seat. I just had the game of my life. I was knocking down threes. <laughs> I drove to the basket. And I was like, man. I had so many points and I go over the scores table afterwards and I had 28 and I was like, yeah, I might, I might be the one who gets my name in the paper. And then I look over at Jimmer scored 41. (laughs) I was like, dang it. I think he made 10 threes in a row. Yes, I think he did. Because no matter how good I was, he good. I was in that game. He was better. That's true. It was infuriating. You know what? You deserve it because you also, that was the game. (laughs) That was the game where you screwed up the best pass in my life. Yes, it was. <laughs> you had 28 points, but you should have had 30, but you doinked a two-foot lay-in. It was just such a great pass. It caught me off guard. 
So yes, that team was great. Uh, a little more seriously, the only other one I can think of is the 28-0 Hoquiam Grizzlies this 2004 is why, this state This is a champion. self-serving question, Jeff. Who's Jeff? Which Jeff? This is Jeff Nemi. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Because Jeff was on that team, and it was the first team that came to my mind, too. I thought it was your dad, Jeff. No, I this was is, like, how am I supposed to know that? This Jeff? is this is the Hutton Napier, what's the best local football team over the last decade question. Yes. When he knew the only local team that had won a state championship was his own. Yep. This is That's why Jeff asked this question. That's solid. Well Good done, question, Jeff. Well done, Coach Nemi. But I remember <laughs> though you you picked that team before you even knew that Jeff Nemi asked that question. Yeah. Well, I'm. Come on. <laughs> of course, I'm going to. Twenty eight and oh. You know what's super sad is we have had news outlets in this area have their archives laid waste to. Yep. And I say that because I type in Hoquiam basketball state champion two thousand four. And I can't find anything. No, it's because somewhere I can't in the, find anything. Somewhere in the website transition, the Daily World and the Vidette lost everything that happened before a certain year. And I know because when I worked at the Vidette for a year, everything I did is gone. You can't find anything I wrote in that entire year online anymore. It's so it's so miserable. But if you want to go dig through the paper copies, they've got all of those. I might have to with some of these things because also the radio station I work for, we had a ton of our archives just deleted, mm. just lost. And it's just painful. And so I look at it and I've, I was expecting this to be like I could see a record. I could see like... The list of their wins and losses, like maybe the last article of when they won the state championship. I did find some things. Uh, the Hoquiam Wikipedia page actually has like the most written that I can find about it. There's a 2004 highlight reel. You can actually watch the entire, somebody uploaded the entire championship game. At least that's what the title of it is on mm -hmm. YouTube. It's the entire Hoquiam basketball state championship game that year. I might sit down and watch it. I'm pretty sure only five guys played in that entire game. Um, but they went 28 and 0, and on the Wikipedia, on the Hoquiam Wikipedia, not even Hoquiam High School Wikipedia page, uh, it says the 2004 boys basketball team completed a perfect 28 and 0 season, won the 2A state championship. Victories included non-league wins over Lincoln High, which I went to that game. That was at the Tacoma Dome, a 4A school, a mm. good 4A school, and they just obliterated them. Uh, to, that was of Tacoma. They beat Bellevue. They won two against Aberdeen, who had really good squads that year. And they demolished a team from Australia as well, a touring team. And I well, think my senior year, we did that too. Didn't, so. didn't <laughs> I, I kind of like vaguely have a picture in my head of a Daily World cover shot. Didn't Jeff Nimi hit a game winner in a playoff game that year? Oh, was it that year? Was that the half court shot? Or was that his junior year? Yeah, I don't remember. It could. It might not have been. I don't know, because their junior year, I think they went like twenty-seven and one or something like that, and I think that might have been the year that he hit the half-court shot. And I don't remember which year that was, but I know I'm pretty sure that that team was like there wasn't a shot clock back then, so they were literally just holding the ball. So the final score of that game was super wonky. It was like twenty-four to. 25 uh, or something like offense. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, so that would be the only one that I could think of, but if you if there's another undefeated state championship team out there. I 
I when I first saw that really, question, I was like, how the heck are we supposed to know? I am certainly not qualified to answer this question. I, if I, if, if Rick Anderson had a cell phone, yes. I would have texted him. I almost tagged Rob Burns, uh, who also worked with me at the daily world. Um, cause he would be much more qualified than I would be. I didn't move here until 1999 and I didn't start covering any, uh, high school sports until, you know, Daniel, when did we start doing basketball together? Oh man, 2013, 2014, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Somewhere in there, maybe 2015. No, it would be before that. Anyway, it was a while ago. Okay. Yeah. Was... But I mean, I am not a Grays Harbor sports historian. Mm-hmm. I feel like you and I have a really good grasp about what's happened over the last 15 years. Yeah. So I, we're not the most qualified to answer this, but also I love the fact that it was just best team in Grays Harbor history. <laughs> I didn't say what kind, so I was like, I'm going rec league. I like it. I mean, you could make an argument for for Snell Crane. Those softball teams were (laughs) stupid. Yeah, dude, seriously. (laughs) Remember the year where they all played for different teams because they were tired of 10 running every game? Well, yeah, that was after they went through a season where they literally did 10 run every game. Yeah. And so then they were like, guys, this isn't funny. And they were a tournament team, so they go play together in tournaments, and they still did that. But they wanted to play rec league, and so they were like, let's split up. And they split up to, like, five different teams. And <laughs> yeah. we had Aaron Cleverly yep. <laughs> on our team that year. Yeah. Good guy. So I that, like playing with him. That would probably be another yeah. <laughs> another rec good, league team good one. up there. Yeah. I like it. So number one uh, was UPX Pacia. Number two, Snell Crane. Number three, Hoke Williams, undefeated state <laughs> champions. <laughs> You're welcome, Jeff. Uh, that's going to do it for our show today. So for my co-host, Justin, the ultimate troll, Domashevitz. And my co-host, Daniel, basically a Boston sports fan, Hargrove. Oh, I was so much happier with the other name you put there. <laughs> you typed that in. I did not oh, type that Andrew, in. Oh, Andrew must have typed it in. Oh. <laughs> that, that explains Sorry, it. Sorry, let me try it again. And my co-host, Daniel, just a little concussion, Hargrove. Just a little one. And Andrew, the best gift giver ever. These cups are pretty dope. They are dope. All right. You've been listening to this scrimmage. I just want to know your opinion. Do you think if Coach K hadn't lost the two non-conference games at home, if he'd still be saying that? Probably not. Okay. That's, I just wanted you to say it, not me. I just love that so much.